0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
1: Adidas. Okay. Yep. And welcome back to Talkin' Nick's. It's July 26th, and the New York Knicks have a new head coach, Tom Thibodeau, the pride of hard-hitting New Britain, Connecticut, led some of those good Bulls teams and some of those bad Timberwolves teams. We're here to talk about it. The Knicks have a new head coach. I'm joined by Big Baby David, Greg Poon, and Tom Piccolo. Let's do it. Let's talk Knicks. Thank you. And welcome back to talking Knicks, the episode we've been waiting on a little while now. The New York Knicks have a head coach. It's Tom Thibodeau. He was the early front runner. He is now the late winner. That's not a phrase, but we have Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. We're going to deep dive into it before we do that. We'll go around the horn and see how everyone's doing. Hey, maybe leave a review, right? Five stars. We got Tibbs. Finally. Um, And speaking of Toms, Tom Piccolo, how are you, my good friend? Hey, guys, I'm doing
2: well. And I already left a review, so I'm all set on that front. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, this is is pretty exciting, guys. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you about it because, uh, you know, we've kind of seen this coming for a long time. These reports have been going on, um, you know, at least since the spring. But even then, it's not like the Knicks always do the thing you expect them to do. So, uh, yeah, this should be good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh. Well, we'll get into the emotions in a minute. Greg Poon, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well, thank you. Had a nice little weekend.
1: Ooh.
3: Hung out. That's it. That's, oh, um, okay. That's all. That's all I did. I saw. My, I saw Tom's brother. I was telling you guys, Mikey Sweats, Man. as we call him.
1: Do not oh, nice. follow him on Instagram. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, Big Baby David, how are you? You're right next to me, Jake. We are in the same room. Yeah.
0: It's a change of pace. Yeah. Uh, well, not in real life, but for Talking Nicks, I think it's the first time. Yeah. First time, at least, I've been in the same room. As first the time,
1: time live from the John Boy Media Lair, Roosevelt, Roosevelt studio, studio, recording studio, Talking Nicks, and it's exciting times, guys. Um, I I think the first, the first and best emotion that I had, or I heard someone else say, was, uh, okay. It's kind of it's kind <laughs> of lackluster, but at the same time, it it's maybe one of the best Nick's head coaches we've seen. Uh, so I I don't know if anyone wants if anyone's higher than that and wants to start there, or if we want to build up or what.
2: I mean, I, I think it's okay to start with like a shoulder shrug, like okay. this, But I think it's like an emphatic shoulder shrug, like. Like this could have been a lot worse. Okay, this, and my, my first reaction was relief. It was just, as, especially after uh, Stephen Bondi was reporting that Jason Kidd had become a front runner for the job, and others were reporting that the coaching search was going to extend into the into the weeks ahead. Things were looking a little bleak there, and I, I'd said multiple times that if Jason Kidd were hired, I would really, I mean, who knows what I would actually do? Probably nothing, but I would have been very bummed. And uh, yeah, the the fact that we got. And I know you're saying it Thibodeau. Some people say it Thibodeau. We should probably get that right being a Knicks podcast. That's like, I mean, BBD, do you have any insight on that? Is it Thibodeau or Thibodeau?
0: I think it's pretty common to say Thibodeau and like Tibbs is the nickname, but his official pronunciation on basketball reference, it it says Thib in all If he goes by
1: Thibodeau, he's got to earn that from me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think half of us should say Thibodeau and half of us should say Thibodeau. That way at least somebody's getting it it right.
1: That's smart.
2: No one's gonna be saying fibs though, and I shun that. So, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, you you say Tibs or Thibodeau. It doesn't have to make sense. I'm
1: going Tibs. I'm going
3: Tibs. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. Let's do that. Cool. I'm going Tibs. Um,
2: but yeah, it could have been a lot worse. So, like I said, my first gut reaction was just relief.
3: I mean, I honestly, I've been down with it. I, I don't, I don't know where. I don't know why you would be upset about this hire, to be honest with you. Those Bulls teams were, like, the number one seed while LeBron and the Heat were going on. That was, like, one of the greatest teams I've ever seen in my entire life. And they were better than them, in the regular season at least. So I know the game has changed a lot since then with these three everyone just jacking up three-pointers. And maybe that's – people worry that that's past Thibodeau by, but – I don't know. I think it's easy enough to adjust. And, I mean, his stint in Minnesota wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. I mean, he brought them Mm -hmm. to the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. They went 47 and 35. And then, I mean, blame Jimmy Butler for what happened or blame Towns or Wiggins for not liking basketball as much as they should. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like the Timberwolves are good now. And he just wasted their talent. They're wasting their own talent over there.
2: That's true, they are trash now that's that's pretty fair. Yeah, they were
0: awful before Tibbs got there. They're really bad now again, um but they like made the playoffs with him, so he is like the most successful of anything they've had there, if I'm not mistaken
1: yeah, now that i I have the Wikipedia open with his uh wins losses in there, and it's. Better than I expected. I, you know, I remember that. I think everyone remembers that Minnesota falling out, you know, pretty poorly. They won 47 games, 2017, 2018. Uh, he gets fired. They're 19 and 21 uh, in his final year there. And, you know, the the Chicago numbers are real good, and it turns into kind of one of these interesting, you know, player development. D, Rose, Noah, and those guys. Do you give Tibbs credit for that? Do you give credit to those guys? Uh, he goes back, uh, I was going to say in NBA history, that sounds a little dramatic, but he's connected to uh, the Celtics team that won the title. He's, he's connected to a lot of NBA head, head coaches going back before that, uh, connections to Kobe Bryant and his development. So really well-respected, a guy that's supposed to be, I, I think for lack of a better word, anal in every aspect, player development, uh, just being serious and, and taking things for real. I guess coming off of the shrug emoji, which is the normal, you know, the Knicks could have done a lot worse. Should we be excited about this even?
0: For me, um, I think the only way you can come away, backing off the excitement, the only way you come away mad as if you were such like a Kenny Atkinson guy because he was the only other good Good kind of front runner who had a lot of fan support or whatever. But even then, I don't think many people were, like, pro-Kenny and hating Thibodeau. They were just like, oh, well, Kenny just seems like the better choice but for where the Knicks are. But Tibbs is, like, he's the most known commodity of any of the coaches they talk to. Yeah. Um, he's the most you know what, it is, what he is, and he's had a lot of success in the NBA. So, like, I'm, I, I've, in recent weeks, really talked myself into him, even though I've said the whole time, like, yeah – Kenny seems like the perfect pick for where the Knicks are. But. Right.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm I've been on um, down with Thibodeau from, from throughout this search. Uh, I've never been like had my heart set on Kenny Atkinson. Atkinson seems to have like the the vibe of Hornacek second Fisdale where it was like a young coach who had success. He hasn't been coached a lot, but he did some good stuff, and then. He lost his job, and we were like, yeah, let's get that guy. I mean, Jeff Hornacek went 48 and 34 with a trash Phoenix Sun team with, like, Gerald Green as their leading scorer, one off. And, you know, believed in him. I mean, its I don't know enough about the X's and O's to compare the philosophies. I'm just basing this on their, like, trajectory as wins and losses in their their coaching stints.
2: Yeah, and Greg touched on it a little bit, but I think some one of the reasons that some people have been critical of this hire. Well, there's a few. Like, Thibodeau is, is the biggest name on the market, I guess. So I, I think that some people are a little weary of of Nick's just, like, going for the the most high-profile person in a coaching search um, to kind of try and make a splash. Another thing I saw out there was um, that Thibodeau has such a strong relationship with Leon Rose and that it was, like, almost uh, – a. Vi- I don't know. To, to me, it's not so much a criticism because like Leon Rose was brought in to use his network and his connections to, to be able to entice like the, the best candidates. But some people think that Thibodeau isn't the best candidate. And this was more like almost a nepotism sort of thing. Like it's more on a who you know sort of thing. Um, and then I guess from a basketball perspective, um, Greg did touch on it. But like Tibbs, Tibbs' teams generally rank towards the bottom of the league in three point attempt rate which isn't a great sign of a modern offense. Um, I'm looking at his first year in Minnesota. They were 30th in the league in the percentage of the shots they took from three. And, um, and in the, the most recent season where he was fired, he, they were 26th in the league. So it doesn't seem like he's the type of coach who promotes that sort of style of play, but th- things can change. I'm not like saying it's impossible, but I'm not expecting the Knicks to go you know, shooting a ton of three point shots under tips.
3: So, Tom, what were they in that middle season when they went 47 and whatever, if you have that information available? Because you, so you're saying they were dead last in this first year when they went 31 and 51, and then 26th or 25th when they went 19 and 21. So, when they were actually good.
2: So, in the year when they were good, they were 30th again, dead last in three point attempt oh. rate.
1: So, that's a little scary. And I think that was – because I'll start with the positive and I'll work our way back to this. Tibbs is known as one of the better defensive coaches over the past – I don't know, since he's been coaching in in the NBA. If you were just like, hey, who are some good defensive NBA head coaches? I think Tibbs' name comes up. So that's exciting, and, you know, that's something we've asked from the Knicks team for a little while is compete, try to be better on defense, and hopefully spin something off of this. My initial – part of my initial shrug thoughts with the Tibbs signing was I'm hoping they bring in an offensive coordinator because the numbers you just said and the general mindset of how I picture Tibbs, again, goes back to those bull teams. And I mean, how much of it was D Rose being like the MVP, like the uh, arguably the best player, not LeBron in the league for a little bit there, which is kind of insane to think back to, but offensively there has to be concern, and I know there's been some rumors from the coaching search, but we need an offensive coordinator, right?
2: Well, I think if you try and defend Tibbs, you, you say, well, look at the personality he had in, in Minnesota. His best player was Jimmy Butler, who famously doesn't take many threes, and then you had Andrew Wiggins, who probably shouldn't be taking many threes. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is the only guy who – should really be jacking a bunch of them. And it was early enough in his career where he wasn't like comfortable shooting eight threes a game. So uh, I, that's like on the one hand, but on the other hand, you say, well, who do the Knicks, like look at the Knicks personnel. Yeah. They don't really have guys you'd necessarily be encouraging to take a lot of threes, but you, but with a young team like this, you want to be able to develop those skills. So there's some push and pull there. I think ideally if everything goes, you know, how we hope, I think the Knicks would not rank 25th to 30th in three-point attempt rate, that even though they're not necessarily great at threes, they these are players who are young enough that they should still be attempting them and, and getting some reps up.
0: And they're guys who have been projected to have that tool at some point. It just hasn't clicked yet. So you want them to get the attempts, especially while they're young And the Knicks are kind of, I mean, there's still no way they're going to be a good team next year anyway. So just, get them trying to make threes and get better at that. Um, certainly we can't let Tibbs like run the same offense he's been running. He needs to either adjust or bring someone in who's going to be like the offensive guy.
3: So you don't think we're going to be good next year. It's oh, that's, mm. that's messed up. So no. let me tell you this in his first year as the bulls coach, they went 41 and 41 the year before under Vinny Del Negro. Then the next year they went sixty two and twenty. So the Knicks,
0: okay, It'll they will be twenty a, games better. Confirmed.
3: The Knicks made a jump like that. They'd be around five hundred ish. So that's so
1: that's huge.
3: And that um, in the East, that's the playoffs.
1: Do we? Um, I guess this is the weird one that's on my mind when I have this discussion. Could it be Mike Miller? Do we think that would be weird? Him going from inter. From G League coach to interim head coach to kind of the offensive guy? Because it seems like enough dudes like him. I I mean, the only concern with something like that is a power struggle of sorts. But if there's someone that would be fine at handling the power struggle slash not letting it be a power struggle, it feels like that would be Tibbs.
3: Yeah, I think think it was actually confirmed that Mike Miller and Mike Woodson were coming as assistant coaches. I think the report sure.
0: was that like the Knicks are interested in doing that. I don't know right. if that ended up. At least someone sent me a it's tweet. Going I didn't have to yet, verify. That right. sounds good yeah. to me. I mean, I think, and it sounded like the Knicks were interested in keeping Mike Miller the whole time. Like they do like him being in the room. Um, and I think the only guy you could have hired and still been able to keep him in the room is Tibbs because he is kind of, you know, proven. Uh, as a coach and he's, you know, older than Mike Miller, all that. And I don't know, there's just the kind of an opinion I'm stealing from someone is just like, there aren't, it's sort of changing the subject, but there aren't that many great coaches in the league or that many like really shitty coaches in the league any given year. There's like three to five in, in each of those two categories and everyone else is kind of in the middle, Yeah, give or take 25 to 20 to 25 coaches are just in the middle. And Tibbs has, like, tasted being one of those, like, top-level coaches. He probably was never definitively up there, but he's he's tasted being in that top tier of coach, and that's, like, exciting.
1: I'm with that.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I'd be good with, with Mike Miller coming on board as a, as kind of helping to mold the offense a little bit because we saw – the difference in offense, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just like comparing what the offense looked like under Fisdale versus Mike Miller. Like it wasn't, you know, it's not like they're running an ideal offense under Miller, but at the same time, like look at the the personnel they had. So I think we all kind of acknowledged that the, the team was much easier to watch under Miller. And that was just from a stylistic point of view, Our, you know, Julius Randall wasn't out there running point forward as much. Um, and there was, I think, they feel like there's just more pick and roll and things and uh, higher tempo. So, yeah, if Mike Miller's brought in in that capacity, I think that'd be a that'd be a nice win.
1: And then I I think the the final real conversation because I think there's probably a conversation about the Knicks draft pick when it happens. I feel like a guy like Tibbs, that might change the mold of the player you're looking for a little bit. I think you need a player that can kind of take it on the chin. Uh, but that. That's probably discussion closer to draft time, but I know the exciting thing for one player and then the joke on the internet for one player was the other kind of known thing about Thibodeau with the Bulls is that they <laughs> he played as dudes. Um, and that was exciting for Knicks fans from the Mitchell Robinson aspect because people have kind of been banging the table for him to play more, even though a chunk of that has been foul trouble, at least early on. But there were definitely times this year he could have got more run and then the exciting, scary part of that is young R.J. Barrett, who is the shining light from this season. And, you know, again, if you go look at some of those old Bulls minutes, Barrett's going to be the guy. Um, I don't know. I guess my brain initially jumps to that conversation we had earlier this year. Like, hey, if R.J. Barrett playing a lot's our biggest problem, that's a win in Knicks land. But uh, I don't know. Does that, is that more concern or excitement?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, like, no, it's, it's, it's
1: a fair question. <laughs> that was a good Knicks noise drop right there. Like, uh.
2: Yeah, the, you can see both sides of that. But for me, like, Thibodeau does seem like the type of guy who plays his minutes, like, allocates minutes based on merit and less so on, like, you know, potential or player development. You know, it, I don't think he there's a huge track record for him playing, like, a Knox-type guy Thirty-six minutes. So the concern, I guess, would be that the the Knicks bring in a bunch of one-year vets, and you know that's that's been reported. The Knicks are still looking to bring in veteran players to eat up a lot of minutes, and that that work this year. Well, and that Tibbs would like, you know, be distributing those minutes to them. Like he'd be giving the heavy minutes loads to the veterans who may arguably help them win games now, versus those heavy minutes to guys like Frank or Kevin Knox, or even, I mean, even R.J. Barrett. Like, I guess that would be the one concern I'd have on that front. It's just playing the wrong guys the heavy minutes. Yeah, yeah,
0: there's a little bit of concern because Tibbs, like, for better or worse, cares so much about winning. Um, He is just very motivated to squeeze every win out of your team he can, which is a great quality if your team ready to actually compete. That's kind of been the main question mark or downside in this whole process with Tibbs is that there's always been the kind of lingering like, well, the Knicks aren't really ready for that. Obviously, they're at a point where they should be trying, but they're they're not like ready to have every win squeaked out of them, you know, despite, regardless of what it does with their player development. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the concern.
3: Yeah, I think that sounds fair, but then that's just exactly what happened this year. I just hope that yeah. doesn't happen, or at least all the guys take a big enough jump to warrant those minutes. I mean, if the problem was actually the young guys just playing too many minutes, I don't, I don't know that that was a real worry. I mean, I know some of his guys broke down eventually. but
0: Much less that, worried about that than yeah. if we were playing them too little.
3: Yeah, like,
2: uh, I, I do remember like a whole uproar during the season when RJ Barrett played like forty something minutes. Yeah. people did freak out about that, just like you know, so he did, ignoring the science and yeah.
3: Yeah, he so, did that in the preseason game, and then at the very beginning, he was doing crazy stuff. So that was that was the most that was the biggest uproar part. I forgot it was the Knicks. And my bad. It was a preseason game. <laughs> a preseason
0: game. Jeez. And over the first couple weeks, he he yeah. was averaging like thirty nine or forty minutes or something. Yeah. I think
1: it slowed down. I think once you once he got like an injury. Um and I I've got I've got a couple spin zones if, if we want to bring this thing up at the end. Uh every year with the Bulls, Tibbs made the playoffs. So, you know, how mad however you chalk that up, I mean there were some good ball players there, but uh that's pretty good. And the Minnesota team that he took to the playoffs, that's in the past 15 years, that's the only time they've been to the playoffs. I mean, Minnesota's been a pretty, I don't want to say tragic franchise, but underachieving or just not straight not achieving.
3: Not um, the Knicks.
1: But. So there are some spins, and I guess off of that, Tom, you mentioned Leon Rose. I guess what, what we're saying about all this is Tibbs still has a lot of respect around the league, whether it's players, front offices, even fans, just like knowing who Tibbs is. And I guess there's an argument to be made that if we didn't have Leon Rose, that Tibbs could be not interested in this job at all. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at a little
2: bit with, like, the value of Leon Rose. Um, I like and I, I just saw, like, I think I just saw a piece on posting and toasting just kind of criticizing, um, you know, the Knicks being the Knicks and hiring the biggest name. But at the same time, you know, there's a reason that, that Tibbs is the biggest name is because he's had so much success. Um, over the years so I, I again the biggest concern people have is is probably more about the b- basketball philosophy that he brings in and just sort of like people see him as kind of an old school coach and, and he's a, he's the exact opposite of Fizdale in a lot of ways who is seen as a player's coach and like has the great relationships with the team and is a good morale character builder whereas Thibodeau is like all about competitiveness and winning and like He's not as worried about being friendly with the players. He he wants like there's no question who's in charge here, right? And it's it's Thibodeau and he's he's gonna run this team the way he wants to. So yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if if there are gonna be young players who bristle at that, you know, like there are probably some candidates, maybe some some guys like Alonzo Trier, uh is is like the type of personality who who might not fit with, with Thibodeau so much just based on what we know about him.
3: But Trier's, Trier's not on the team anymore.
2: Yeah. So anyone like him, though. Oh,
3: all
2: right. All right. <laughs> yeah, well. No, I, Yeah, I remember that as soon as I said it. But. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Well, you know, kind of the
0: magic word around the Knicks and the way they've made their organizational decisions, it has been culture and developing a culture. And, like, I mean, Tibbs is establishing a culture. He has the way he runs things that is, like, established they know you know what it's gonna be like day in day out uh it's gonna be good for guys like frank he's gonna maximize him because he kind of does everything tibbs likes yeah i like that and we will squeeze whatever offensive talent out of him we can get and be like you've seen kind of the jokes on social media and we joked around a little bit in the group chat but like kevin knox is towards getting towards the end of his rookie deal here now and it's like put up or shut up time and. For we're going to find out if he's capable of either giving enough effort or just producing, because Tibbs will make him try, because um, the questions have been about Knox's motor and, in a lot of cases, and hey Tibbs will work him, and we'll, we'll find out for sure if he's an NBA player or just an <laughs> NBA Allen that's what you
1: like yeah. to hear about your lotto picks
2: <laughs> One thing I think is kind of a good sign is, is we are referencing. Thibodeau's success in Minnesota for that one season where they made the playoffs and their best player by far was Jimmy Butler that season, who I think is actually a, a decent player comp for RJ Barrett in terms of their, their strengths. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. both like very physical players who like to get to the rim who like to take shots kind of in the close mid range area who, who don't really shoot so many threes, but they both can get to the line a lot. Um, they're both you know, build as two-way players. R.J. Barrett, if he reaches his ceiling, will be a very good defensive player. And they're both very strong playmakers, right? Jimmy Butler is a very underrated passer. And, and R.J. Barrett showed a lot of flashes of that. And if he reaches his ceiling, like I said, like, he's going to be a guy who's averaging five-plus assists per game. So I kind of like the Jimmy Butler comp for R.J. And, um, you know, if Thibodeau is able to get that, uh, that kind of value out of Jimmy Butler that season, like who's to say he can't do it with R.J. too and sort of nurture that
0: and yeah, butler's and Butler's had him as a coach twice now, and I mean, hey, I don't think he's had like a major injury, has he? am I, <laughs> am I, am I missing something No so, injury but, just begged to be off the team. He begged to so, be off the team, but hey, for all the talk about r j. Barrett's knees about to have a very bad time, yeah, so hey, Butler's had him a couple times, and it, it's worked out.
3: Butler missed twenty three games that season when they made the playoffs, which is also. That's half encouraging news. So I just looked at it quickly. and It looked like the t went 10-13 and 13 without Butler that year. So their 47-35 and 35 record is even more impressive. Um, I think they were, they were really in the thick of it. They were like the four seed when he went down. He missed like a month. And then they ended up playing the Nuggets on the last game of the season. and They both oh, had the same yeah. record. Winner take all. Winner goes to playoffs and they won. So that's good. I mean and then like Tom was saying R.G. Barrett's like uh Jimmy Butler and then Franks kind of like Derrick Rose if you really think about
2: it. <laughs> Fair. Well, like not Nick's Derrick Rose.
3: <laughs> no. No, like MVP Derrick Rose. Like right. Like Franks kind of like Luol Dang honestly.
1: It's Keep closer to that. Luol than than D Rose. He's like,
3: like a Luol D Rose hybrid.
1: Like a 14-year-old Derrick Rose. <laughs> Um,
0: well, we already have Taj Gibson on the team too yeah. right now. So this is his third team with Tibbs, assuming they I guess it's assuming they pick up the team option, which I guess they feels,
2: <laughs>
3: pick that them up. A, that feels odd. We're still paying Noah's point.
1: contract, so it's kind of like we yeah. just have the Bulls again. Taj yeah, Taj and Tibbs seems like a layup. Um and I'll I'll say the other thing. We're we're falling into some positive spin zones. I mean, I I was talking about those Bulls teams, and you know, given a lot to D Rose and blah blah blah. I mean, I'm looking at the 2012, 2013 Bulls that won 45 and 37. And I mean, their their games played is Luol Dang, Joe Kim Noah, Boozer, Heinrich, uh, a young Jimmy Butler, like Bellinelli, Nate Robinson, and then Taj. Like it's I, I mean and a nice way to all those players, it's it's not, it it's definitely not starlight. And like I, you know, maybe luel Dang is underrated in his in his prime. There, people forget how good a 27 year old Joaquin Noah is. But that's not. You don't look at that team and say like, whoa, how do you get those guys? Like, no, you can you can make that happen. So I'm I'm happy I'm happy with where we're at. I'm feeling pretty good about Tibbs right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how many times I need to learn this lesson, but yeah, I, I am feeling kind of optimistic about about all of it. Um, and, and I think the idea that he, like, isn't a player development guy is kind of overlooked. I mean, obviously, Derrick Rose is a tremendous talent, but he did win MVP under him. You know, he turned a top talent into an MVP, and he turned guys like Luol Deng into what he was. Joakim Noah had, was an MVP candidate. Under uh, under Tib, so he has improved players, like but with, with like permanent improvements, not just like squeezing the talent out of them for that one year. Um, the juice is a, there's a degree of a the history there.
2: Good.
3: Yeah, it's his fault we played. We paid Joe Kim all that money.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. So that was punishment. He has, is he has to push the <laughs> 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 damn. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, good. I'm, I'm feeling better guys. I mean, a a guy from hard hit new Britain where I, I went to college CCSU shout out. So I like that about him. Um, feel like he's born on my sister's birthday. So that's pretty huge. So, I mean, we've got a pile of evidence building up here. Um, I don't know. Anyone have closing, closing tips thoughts?
0: Um, I think the, I guess the one thing I have slash question, what took so long? Okay. Because, like, he was kind of, from the second Leon Rose came on, he was sort of the rumored favorite. And, like, this coaching search has been going on in earnest for, what, seven weeks or something? Years. And, like, to a a, a scarier degree, 20 years. Yeah. yeah, it's all, it's uh, all a uh, what, show, what really. Happened? And what so, and what was the kid thing this week?
3: Yeah. It's just a show. They want yeah, you there, to make – There's some,
2: make... you know, some speculation that I was just trying to drive down Thibodeau's contract or, or, you know, but I guess we didn't really talk about the whole five years thing. Does, that, does anybody care about that, the five no. years?
3: No. It, it doesn't matter because James yeah. Dolan is perfectly fine with firing him after two years as he's shown with the last three coaches. Yeah. Right, I, yeah, I saw that. The rest of his money. Right, Fiz- Derek Fisher yeah.
2: got five years, Fizdale got five years, so. It's been working. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's yeah. no cap on coaches, So yeah, We also they, don't, we don't know what the money is, right? Yeah. Again, I, I don't really, I don't yeah. care what the money is, but we don't know it. Um, so Maybe the price was dragged down. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's. Sort of think, guaranteeing him that he'll get three full years or something, at least, like worst case, just because, I don't know, kind of paying like four coaches right now.
3: Yeah. I mean, I also think – I think uh, Fisher
0: just came off the books.
3: We mentioned it previously that it was all for not, – not for show, but just trying to steal everyone else's ideas who they're interviewing. Like, I mean, they're interviewing people that they just had no intention of ever hiring, and they're just planting seeds. Mm. Like all, all those assistant coaches that you've never heard of they weren't they weren't getting hired at any, at any point.
1: I think I'm I'm filled with positive spins maybe <laughs> they brought all those guys in to get some secrets out of them. And that what is are, kind of what What are the maps like what? the
0: idea is, yeah. is they talked to a bunch of guys at different organizations. A lot of them had like pop connections, not all of them They they came from a few different backgrounds. Everyone the in the those. NBA at
1: this point has a pop connection. I I yeah. think that's getting That got a little too much.
3: Imagine if they interviewed, like, 30 different people all from each team. (laughs) It's like, this is is a little suspicious. So what do you
1: guys run (laughs) on
3: there?
1: How do
0: you guys do it differently than what we're doing? Because we don't like what we're doing at all.
3: How would you stop the Lakers if you were another team?
2: Hypothetically.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's good
2: one thing I want to note is uh when tibbs was in high school he was a uh, he was a basketball player he, he, and he, so he's listed at six two I don't know how mm. tall he really is um at my yeah so but he was averaging like double digit rebounds he had 20 plus rebound games mm. I love that about that but like, champ just a dog just remember oh, just the Knicks wanted a dogs a couple was it a couple of years ago they wanted that was dogs. this year they got like, dogs really? That was this year. Yeah. Good
1: lord. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> well, they, a got,
2: they, they got a dog. They got the head coach.
1: He's
0: a dog. Yeah. Is so he gonna go uh, grab twenty boards?
1: Yeah. <laughs> These guys are dogs. Yeah, they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. But no, I think uh, overall I'm kind of happy where we landed. I think I think there is some positive spins from it. Um, I looking forward. I'm. Come draft time, I do think this changes things a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say he's not a player-friendly coach, but, I mean, if you're with Tibbs, you better work. Um, and this this draft crop is kind of funky anyway, so it'll be interesting to see where the pick lands and then simultaneously probably who fits the best with Tibbs. And I'm excited with the Frank stuff there. I mean, if, if Frank and Tibbs can't make it work on at least the defensive end of the court, then... I just don't know at this point. Um, on the
0: draft, I mean, yeah, this does kind of. I suppose since in a draft with so many unknowns, anyway, personality mattered the most. But we're like, it like matters even more now if Tibbs is the guy that's going to be coaching them. Um, yeah.
1: Cool.
3: And, and the, wait, one more thing. Um, even if it doesn't work on the offensive end, like with Frank. Tibbs has been one of those guys who's been throwing out that designated defender in his lineups, like Ronnie yeah. Brewer, Ronnie Brewer, and I don't remember who the other guy was, but there was just one Keith, guy Keith, who was Keith Bogans. Keith Bogans mm. so was just just go play defense and let everybody else do their job out there.
1: Big Keith Bogans spot.
3: So Frank will be playing.
0: He'll be able to yeah. find a use for Frank and and make him somebody. Yeah.
2: But Jake, on the on the draft thing, tell me. So, so you think that the the pick should be less about talent and like I don't know. I, f- I feel like best player available is always what we say. It's always best player available. But in a lot of cases, like you don't know who the best player available right. is, um, and so that's when you kind of default to positional fit, like what your team needs in terms of the position and the skills that person brings. But you're actually saying it's more about fit of like character and personality you think that's that's still that's true
1: i think to a degree i think with tibbs you have to bring it into the fold i mean look at jimmy butler actually i mean jimmy butler wasn't that big of a draft pick or that big of a player out of high school he's a dog i mean he's he's one of the most known like workers in the league and just like a one percent better every day kind of guy um, I don't know. I think Thibodeau can mold the clay a little better than most coaches could if you give him the right piece of clay. If that's a bad analogy,
2: yeah, you probably took it too far. But wouldn't you? <laughs> but so Jimmy Butler, like you would expect that he'd be the type of player who would work well under Thibodeau, but it didn't work at all. Like it was a complete blow up. And and I know, think Butler... for
1: years it worked well, and then. Jimmy wanted a new contract and Minnesota when to give it to him. I, I think that was more of a money thing than a Tibbs thing, no?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I guess the reason why I even brought it up in the first place is just like, say LaMelo Ball is on the table. Like, he's, kind of, he's not consensus by any means, but in a lot of people's eyes, he's the number one pick. He's the most talented player in the draft. Like, do you think straight up, say the Knicks win the lottery or they package some assets and trade up, do you think that he would
1: be a fit
2: under Thibodeau?
1: Eileen, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know the kid enough. I know he is super talented. And to be fair to uh, Lonzo, I mean, you know, nobody's really attacked Lonzo's work ethic or anything. I mean, all the drama was originally kind of brought on to him from his pop. So um, I, don't, I don't know enough about LaMelo. I mean, the ball show is its own thing. But I, I definitely think there would be a discussion where, I, I mean, go, again, Jimmy Butler is a, more of an oddity. I mean, the dude was the 30th pick in the draft, end of the first round. Jimmy Butler's rookie year, he played 8.5 minutes per game, two and a half points. Uh, th- four years later, he was getting 20 points per game, 38 minutes, all under tip. So I, I think there is something that if, if you're willing to work and, you know, maybe it's, it's more of the mold like, hey – if you're willing to work with me on defense, I can work with you on offense. I don't know. I just think it it opens up the discussion a little more.
2: Yeah, I, just, I think the Lamella Ball thing is really interesting. If if he were even on the table, just because he's obviously such a supremely talented passer and offensive player, um, you know, potentially shooting aside, but like his defense, from what I hear, is like some of the worst you can even think of, or just yeah. like the the intensity, the effort, like he has the frame and the length and all these, and all these tools, all these physical tools to be a good defender. But like intangibly, I, I, from what I understand, he's very weak on that end, which to me is, you're right. Like he would not be a great fit in any way, shape or form. He is not like your prototypical Thibodeau player, but I don't know. I like to me at this point, it's just about getting as much talent on this roster as possible. So I, yeah, who knows what this draft even has to offer. We'll, we'll see once, once the next uh, lottery position is solidified, we can kind of make more assessments
3: based on that 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 Jimmy Butler stat is pretty wild 2.6 as a rookie and he's coming in after four years at Marquette as a 22 year old as well and usually those are the guys you usually think are just going to be stick them in and they contribute what they contribute but he's just developing old older guys that's an older for a prospect at least so that's good Frank's still 21 or whatever he is
1: I think uh yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler, a little bit of an outlier, but at the same time, maybe not. I think that's that's something to watch for. And, Tom, this draft is such a crap shoot that maybe, you know, de- depending where the pick lands, I mean, this sounds obvious, but I think it's going to be very big because I, I haven't deep dove yet, but I think there's four or five guys you can kind of like, and then after that it's straight roulette. And, you know, it, maybe it's also the Knicks are in this like, hey, we need to win games at some point. Maybe maybe there's a trade out there if the Knicks fall, have the sixth pick and a team falls in love with a guy. I, I don't know. I, I could see the Knicks going that way with Tibbs, too. So uh, Something to look forward to in Knicks land. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Um, you guys follow? No, we're not doing that today. Uh, thanks, boys. That was fun. I got some Knicks optimism for the first time in a long time. I think since probably the first – opening games this year and maybe when fizzdale was fired but um if you've been listening thank you so much go leave a review go go write thibs or tibs tibodeau i still don't know how to spell it hard hit new britain
2: tell us how you're gonna pronounce it
1: yeah yeah type um, out
3: how you're gonna pronounce it
1: yeah and we uh we appreciate it um we'll be checking in with you i know we've been threaten, threatening threatening some player reviews, I, we've been saying once they get a head coach, so maybe we'll actually map that out now. Um, I'm starting to go nuts with the baseball, but we'll, we'll plan some things out. We'll get some content out for you guys. Um, check out the Instagram. Check out the Twitter. Check it all out. And uh, let's go Knicks. Bang.